Welcome to the Skyda Softball Podcast. Your host, Matt Scott, will be interviewing players from past events and future events. And now, your host, Matt Scott. Hey guys, we at On Campus Sports Cards are a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come see us in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. We're open from 10.30 to 5 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a, feels like it's been a while, but we're back again with another episode of the Sky to Softball podcast. Last episode, we gave a little follow-up on the 2022 event at Doomsday Corner where Team Scott came out victorious over Team Hudson, raised over $12,000. But here on this episode of the podcast, we have Team Scott's very own and one of the well-known voices up in the Greenville area, up on the upstate, the fan. If I said that right, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong. Mr. Rob Brown, Rob, thanks for doing the podcast, my guy. Glad to have you. Yeah, man. I'm, listen, I need you to know that uh, I was sitting here watching Carolina football, and it was like, you know, I, I don't get enough talking about sports three hours a day, five days a week, and then also doing hockey games and also doing soccer games and also doing my own panther podcast so uh what's it i don't know what's another two three how long does this thing go five hours i think you told me oh uh back in the day it, it could go for a good hour or two at most but i wish it could go that long. <laughs> hey i listen i got the i got the i got the five hour energy right here i got all i got all you need and then a little bit more big dog thanks for having me man i'm glad to be here yeah brother glad to have you but uh as usually what i kind of I, I usually have some athletes on the podcast from here you know from Clemson well, you screwed Carolina. up that time because I am—I used to be one a long. You used time to be. Ago. Hey, you did. You held your own at the 2022 game. I will give you that. You know, I for 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 not having swung a baseball bat competitively, and and I I tried to do the math, and I genuinely think the last time I played a ball game was like 17 years ago. Because yes, I'm old. Get off me. Uh, I gotta tell you, I think what I go I, two for three, a single, a double, an RBI, and a run scored. Yeah, because the run scored because it was started from when that last inning we needed a little bit of insurance. And me and you both, we got it going. I gave that good old Travis Darno ground ball at the center field. And next thing I know, we're both running. We're both out of gas by the time we get a second and third. I'll tell you, I'll tell you two things about that because I remember that run very well, mainly because my, uh, my quads are still sore uh, two months later. Uh, I will tell you that. I almost took a ball off the dome at first and third uh, because I tried to stretch. Uh, I tried to stretch yours over to third and get there. Uh, I saw the ball coming in, and at that point, I was committed. I, I did not come for anything than a dub. And if I took a grade two concussion in order to score one, damn it, I was scoring one. Uh, I, you know what? Like I said, two for three, a single, a double, an RBI, and a run scored. Your boy walked out of there happy. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I held my own. I got the Gloria treatment. Then I went home and took a hot shower for 45 minutes and three days to recover. You, you held your own, which I remember going into when you had me on your show, which once again, thank you for having me on yours a while back. But uh, I remember you're like, as long as I don't die, I'm like, nobody's going to die. I promise. <laughs> My, my goal, I had two goals in that game. Number one was make it out the other side without an ambulance being involved. Uh, and number yeah. two was not to go over in that game. That uh, was my I, goal, too. 
Yeah, it was just don't go over. Now I'll, t- I'll tell you this, and I'm 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 throwing this at my manager. Uh, I had some questionable defensive decision making by my manager. Uh, I was not pressed into duty to play defense at all. And for like the first eight innings of the game, I'm like, man, am I going to get some field work here? And by the end, I was like, oh, that's right. Field work means you have to run more. I'm good. I'm good. I want you to know I was a hell of a bench coach for that entire game. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, you you held your own. You got the at-bats in. And that's where me and uh, Hudson, we always say the good old EH, the extra hitter, comes into play. And uh, look, like I said, no ambulances involved. Didn't Correct. go over. Got to brag about it on the show Monday a little bit. It's all, it's all, it's all. And we raised a good bit of money. So That's all true. three objectives, click. Yeah, because you know, like I said, you know, in the the follow up episode, we did over twelve thousand dollars, and I'm sure there's still some money out there. I mean, God, God, I mean, we've. I feel, I've told people we've. I feel like we've hit a new standard for this ball game. Well, I'm not, I'm not taking all the credit for it, but you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, and and honestly, that new standard, I honestly told people, I said, this year was honestly one of those years where we had more media coverage than ever, ever before. And, like, and, you know, between the conversations me and you had and, you know, Chris Phillips, shout out to Chris for getting his clothing line out there and Palmetto Moon, whatever that story is. God, I'm going to get some talk after that. <laughs> I live in South Carolina. I don't even go. I don't even go to the mall. I'm like, <laughs> I, I know. Uh, look, I I talked to Chris because uh, that that was actually the first time I met Chris Phillips, who's a a great dude. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, and I'm sure we'll get into a minute, I host a sports talk radio show in the upstate of South Carolina in Greenville and Spartanburg. And so, obviously, we spend a lot of time talking Gamecock football. I did this year? What a hell of a year, uh, or or a finish to the year they had this year. Yeah. Uh, but that was the first time I had met Chris and we talked for five or 10 minutes before the game started. And both of us kind of said the same thing, which is like, my goal is to get back into my car under my own power and not embarrass myself. But, uh, you know, I think we did a good job. And, and again, it, one of the perks of this gig, one of the things that I've loved doing, whether it's with you guys or the first tee of the upstate or any of the, uh, any of the sports related charities I get to, to get to get involved with. When I get the opportunity uh, to to go out and relive the glory days, but at the end of the day, whether I embarrass myself or not, you know, if I if I was responsible for even a dollar coming into that uh, to that that event, uh, it was absolutely well worth the time for me. So I appreciated you guys having us. I was uh, very much enjoyed the discussion leading up to it. Uh, oh, yeah. I know at least one person was there just to see if I embarrassed myself. I did not. You're welcome, but uh, you know. Uh, I thought it was a tremendous event. You guys do a hell of a job setting it up. It's obviously my first one, and I can go ahead and tell you it will not be my last. Well, you know, brother, I appreciate it because, you know, it's crazy to think looking back on I, – I, I told you the story where back in high school this idea came about because, you know, honey, I'm sure for those listening to the podcast, you can go back to the episode with Dr. Chris Howe, the chairman of SCIDA. You know, this idea just kind of came about for a new organization and a camp for kids with type one going out and, you know, getting just offering another opportunity for those kids, you know, says a lot. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what I was thinking, looking back on nine years ago, you know, as this kid in high school, still playing high school ball at the time, 
thinking, sure, I'll be this big time athlete. Sure, I have my own charity event. Sure, one door closed, but another one open, mind you, because you know, I've been grateful for nine years. I've developed a lot of interesting relationships and connections, and I'll throw you out there because that's you know the interesting thing where we've gone out and promote in the Greenville area, Columbia, you know, meeting all these sorts of names like gotcha. Shout, and I'll say this now, shout out to Shane Beamer and Spencer Rattler for the fact that we had stuff signed by those guys because they brought in some more money for Skyda. You know, so shout out, shout out to those guys for listening to the talk with me earlier this summer. Not listen, I, I have, uh, and I'm, you know, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk a little ball coming up in a little while, but uh, I am such a, a Shane Beamer guy. And that's not to say I've agreed with every decision he's made, but hey, we're different people. No two people are ever going to agree on every decision. But when he showed up in Columbia, my whole thing was step one and probably the hardest thing for him or whoever would have been named the head coach there. Uh, step one was always going to be, to rebuild culture, right? And I think being engaged with the community, uh, and, and I'm not just talking about your football team, but you know, from a college football head coaching perspective, when you're talking about your team, your coaching staff, your university, your boosters, but then fans across the area, stuff like that. And, and Dabo Sweeney, I'm not taking away from Dabo. Dabo does an incredible job of it as well. Uh, but being involved with stuff like that and, and being willing to just take the extra few minutes to help out for uh, organizations like y'all's and events like y'all's is, is such a great way to get that culture that you're looking for going. And I thought Shane is, uh, Shane and, and getting Spencer involved in that is, is all great stuff. So, uh, I'm, I'm not saying that the Clemson fans need to, uh, challenge Dabo to match everything plus a dollar next year, but I'll say that, uh, South Carolina beat y'all on and off the football field in that direction. And well, and don't get me wrong. I know I kind of not to sell Dabo and them short. He he came up on his and you know I, I I filled out some requests and got some stuff taken care of by the old ball coach in Clemson. You know, so Dabo's always seemed like he's been able to contribute. Listen, Matthew, don't 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 take away an opportunity to start some rivalry smack well, talk, man. Let it fester. I mean, Let him be mad. If there's a rivalry for where both sides can contribute to Skyna, let's go for it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I think that every year at the game, and you should start this next year, every year at the game, you should put up a board that's got a Gamecock on one side and a Tiger Paw on the other. And when people donate in any amount, whether it's buying tickets, uh, giving uh, merchandise, purchasing merchandise, they can decide, hey, I want my 15, 20, 30, 50, $100 to go towards the Gamecock side or the Tiger side. And, uh, you know, let's see at the end of this event, which one of those two meters is higher and gets to claim the belt that year. You take, we got a great rivalry. I was introduced to this rivalry when I moved to the upstate three years ago. I right. knew it was a good rivalry. I had no idea how deep the hatred flows. Those two schools and fans of them will compete about freaking anything. Uh, this seems like a good competition to have is all I'm saying. So I'm just going to take a little note and make note of that. So uh, for a potential year 10, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm 
not going to confirm year 10 yet, but I kind of will. But um, stay tuned. Stay tuned because New Year's, we're going to have a little announcement, as I like to put at the time of this recording. Uh, yeah, you know, I think that's a good, a hell of an idea, my, my guy. I'm an ideas guy, man. That's what I do. It is, it is all about being an influencer. I don't want to do any of the actual work. I'll just come up with the ideas and then come play baseball. And I feel like that's a pretty solid contribution. There you go. I mean, Hey, what's, what's more than, uh, you know, just coming out to the ball field and having a good time. That's it. That's it. Eat a hot dog, have some barbecue, knock a couple of dinger. I was nowhere near a dinger. I was nowhere near. The first one I had got a little closer to the fence than I thought it would. Everything after that was just not close. See, well, my thing is, in 2021, we're down at CIU at Columbia International University. That field under it was underestimated by yours truly, and if any of y'all were there for 2021, once again, I'll own up to that because, like, we're like, whole oh, man, we're in for a heck of a trial for just getting one ball over the fence because all of a sudden I'm up there. Haven't swung a bat since 2020 at the time, mind you. And next thing I know, we're three hopping it off the fence. I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel that in my back in the morning. Uh, I, I would, I, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and blame the fact that I wasn't close because I had folks on my radio show, and I, I'm going to apologize for this. Uh, I had a home run drive going on my show where I had listeners that were going to donate a hundo if Rob Brown went yard in that game, and I had like seven or eight of them, uh, and I came on the show Monday, and I had even planned on lying and saying, oh, yeah, totally do it, uh, totally did it, get it done. Uh I wasn't even close, but I'm going to blame that on the fact that I got no BP before that game started. I didn't get to swing a bat before that game started. And on top of that, again, wasn't playing defense. So, you know, I was a little, I was a little stiff when I got to the dish. I had to keep, had to keep loosening up, man. You know, otherwise, yeah. otherwise I'd have been like, I'd have been like Griffey Jr. out there, son. Even with a hat turned backwards. There's no other way to play ball. No other way to play ball. In fact, here, I'll tell you this story. Right over here, this uh, over in the corner, this green hat that's hanging up in the corner, yeah. that hat is from the last time uh, that I played baseball competitively. That was from uh, that was from Shalimar, Florida years ago. My dad uh, was my my coach. Uh, I was pitcher first base and uh, pitcher first baseman and left field. I went up to take BP before a game. Uh, and I always wore it backwards because that's what Ken Griffey Jr. did, right? Yeah. So I was rocking the hat backwards, and my old man, I've told this story on my radio show before, my old man walks up, and he calls me over, and he's like, hey, come here, and I was like, what's up? And he goes, turn your cap around. Caps are meant to be made to, to Warren Ford. And I went, mm -hmm. uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing it backwards, right? And he goes, no, baseball caps on the, you wear it for, you, you know, if you want to go to the mall, go out with your friends and wear it backwards, I don't care, but on a baseball field, it's meant to be Warren Ford. I said, hey, listen, if it's good enough for Ken Griffey Jr., it's good enough for me. And I was like, I'm not turning around. My old man, this was in an all-star game, by the way, an all-star game that I was slated to be the starting pitcher for the Shalimar Youth All-Stars that year. Uh, my old man scratched me off the rotation, put oh. me on the bench, and told me, you can ride the pine with your hat backwards if it means that much to you. 
I did not play in that all-star game, and I have kept that hat ever since then. That's my Griff hat. I will get him to sign it one day. That is actually the hat that I wore to the game, but then y'all put me in an orange-ass shirt, and I was like, well, this don't match. So well, well, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go ahead and clear the air about the orange shirts. For basically uh, since day one in 2014, we've had the colors of gray. Uh, we've had Tar Heel blue. And then I don't know what, what color blue I'd call this one. It's like a mixture of the New York Mets and Texas Rangers blue. And so that was just the routine for a while. And all of a sudden this year, and you could blame not me for this. I'll say this. You can't blame me because I was pretty much caved into this. They were like, you know, we're back. You're, you're back home. How about get this is Hudson. So I'll blame Palmer for this one. He's like, can I at least get my Lancaster Navy for this? And I'm like, all right, all right. And all of a sudden, my, my, somebody else is like, since you're, it's Lancaster and AJ, you know, Andrew Jackson alumni. That was the orange we wore. So, uh, in my defense. Yeah, listen, listen, listen. You can, uh, you can defend yourself all you want, big dog. And I, I respect that. I do. I really do. It wasn't uh, me. I mean, when they, when they say, can we do this? I'm like, all right. So you allowed it to happen then. I mean, you can you can try to push it off, but you did. Listen, here's all I know. I broadcasted in a lot of places. I broadcasted in the Florida Panhandle and South Florida and Texas and Louisiana. Uh, now, obviously, in the upstate. And when I showed up and you handed me the shirt and I said, orange, really? And you were like, oh, it's not Clemson orange. It's this other particular style of orange. It was. Uh, it was. Look. You can say what you want. Uh, anywhere in the upstate, orange is orange, my guy. And it's reacted to either with love or hate. Now, I don't have a dog in the USC v. Clemson fight. All right? I, I, I will tell you, I am currently rocking the, the Carolina Cox hockey team jersey. But that is only because they're not an official team. And I did a little fundraising, see, because I decided to write my own name on the jersey because I'm a big guy. I'm, I'm an adult like that. Uh, but I don't have a dog in that fight other than I'm dating a Gamecock. And if she heard me say that loud, she is going to be mad. Uh, but I do not have a dog in that fight. Here's all I'm going to say. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and you put on orange, it don't mean but one thing, my guy. You can try to pass it off as any other orange you want. If I go out and I wear the University of Tennessee shade of orange, somebody's going to be like, you a Clemson fan. If I rock Texas's burnt orange, Somebody's going to call me a Clemson fan. You know what you did, man. You know what you did. So, technically, yeah, I know what I did because I, I signed off on it. Because when you're – you know how it, it all goes. When you're pressured into making the different change, it's like the, the, the sports teams making the changes in their logo, which, like I said, for anybody that likes an Easter egg, stay tuned, come around New Year's, we might have a little something for you. That being said, uh, yeah, like I said, it was Andrew Jackson, volunteer orange. So don't sweat it. Wink, wink. Wink. Here, here's, here's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, I came home to my beloved, uh, who I, I, I love. I love the lady friend very much. I came home. She's a, she's a Gamecock. 
And she uh, got I came home for that event. I got home at, because it was what? It was like a two-hour drive from the field back to the house. Uh, I got back to the house. I walked up to the door. Uh, I opened the door. She looked at me, and she goes, take it off before you come in. I was like, excuse me? She goes, get that orange off before you come in the house. Now, I still have the shirt. I still wear the shirt. But if I'm going to wear the shirt out, I can't put it on until I'm outside of the of the house. Like, I'm not allowed. I will walk out without a shirt and put it on in the driveway before I'm allowed to wear it out of the house. So, all I'm saying is maybe next year, if Team Scott were to wear, uh, like, a Garnet jersey, uh, I might be able to get away with giving you a, a little bit more promotion. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're basically getting a little bribery here. I, I, fair enough, because since your lady friend was... Everything's a rivalry, dude. Everything. Oh, no, that's a little bribery, a little bribery. Oh, like. bribery. Yes. Yeah, I'm not above it. I'm not above it. Yeah, since the lady friend kind of gave you a little predicament. <laughs> but that being said, uh, you know, you mentioned that you've been in the radio business. What got you into that? How, where did where did that come about? How did you get started? You know, I uh, so I, I've been in the game for about coming actually almost next football season to be 16 full years so coming up on 15 and a half years i've been doing this and uh luck more than anything got me into i so so i am originally from new orleans louisiana and grew up a lifelong saints fan uh when i was a kid and you know if uh, the saints weren't necessarily we sucked i mean we suck again but we we sucked back then uh when i was a saints fan as, as a kid uh, the Saints were terrible, and so they weren't always on TV. So my, my family would very frequently listen to Saints football on the radio. And there was a guy uh, named Buddy DiLiberto. He went by Buddy D on the air. And Buddy D uh, did the postgame show for the Saints. And when my dad would take me to games, uh, the game was the best part, but my second favorite thing to do was he broadcasted from a hotel that was connected to – the, uh, the New Orleans Superdome. And so we'd go watch the game. And then we would go into the, I think it was a, like a Marriott, doesn't matter. We'd walk over there and we'd watch Buddy D do the show. Uh, Buddy D was this older dude who, you ever met anybody that when they're mad, they're also hilarious? Like unintended, like they're mad, but they're so mad that it's funny to you. That was Buddy D's whole shtick. Like the Saints were trash. He would tell the Saints they were trash, but he was so damn funny when he did it. And my dad and I would go sit and watch this guy do his radio show because they put it up on the speakers. And we would sit there and listen. And my dad had not back a Miller Lite, and I'd have my my Coke or whatever, water or whatever. And we would just laugh at Buddy D being mad about how, how bad the Saints were. Well, uh, in 2007, I got done with college. I was driving back. Uh, to my hometown. My, my dad was was diagnosed with cancer. He lived with my mom, and so I had to move back home to kind of pitch in with that uh, and help my dad, help, really help my mom out with my dad. And as I was driving into town, I was flipping radio stations for whatever reason because some of you kids won't remember, but there was a time where the aux cord wasn't a thing and you just got to listen to whatever was on the radio. Uh, anyway, I'm listening, I'm flipping channels, and there was a guy that, that, that I came across and uh, his name was Scott, and he was doing uh, a show 
where he was just talking about college football. I mean, and I listened to the show for an hour and a half, two hours uh, before I got back into my hometown. And I was, uh, for whatever reason that night, I was sitting in the house and I was like, you know, I think that's what I'm going to do. Like, I think that's what I want to do. So the next day uh, I drove, I, I went and found out where the radio station headquarters was that he worked for. And I drove there and I went to the guy that owned the station and I walked in and the receptionist was there, a young lady named Kelly. She and I became very dear friends. First time I met her, I lied straight to her face. I said, hey, I'm, I'm here to meet the owner. And she goes, oh, do you, have, uh, do you have an appointment? And I was like, yeah, 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 I have an appointment. It was for, you know, whatever time. And she opens, she goes, I, I don't have anything on the books. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, he made an appointment with me uh, on an email. Uh, and again, also, kids, this was before we all had Blackberries that had your email on it or whatever. Yeah. She's like, she's like, Ron made an appointment with you. I was like, yeah, Ron, that's who it was. He made an appointment with me. She's like, uh, okay, well, it's not on the books. Let me check with him. She said, what was your appointment about? And I, again, lied bold face to her and said, uh, oh, I, I'm here to be interviewed for a job. And she's like, oh, new onboard. Okay, let me see if I can get you hooked up, right? So she calls the owner. The owner comes out, guy by the name of Ron. Ron walked out of his office and he goes, uh, we haven't hired anybody new. And I said, not yet, but you're about to. And he uh, looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm here to work. Uh, I, whatever you need me to do, I want to do what that Scott fella is doing. Uh, and whatever I need to make it, you know, whatever I need to do to make that happen, I'm in. And he goes, well, that's not really how it works. And I said, I'm not really, uh, no, all due respect, I'm not really concerned with how it works. I'm concerned with how we're going to make it work. And he was like, all right, step in my office. So my BSO meter went to 30 and it works, right? It just worked. So anyway, uh, he called me in. He told me, you got lucky. Uh, we just had a producer who left uh, a couple of days ago. We need a producer. Uh, if you can learn how to work uh, a board, in three days, it'll be your job. I was like, hey, whatever you need. So I spent three days uh, sitting for about 14 hours a day with every producer they had, learning how to run a board. Uh, four days later, I was the morning show producer. One of those hosts got fired about, uh, I don't know, three months later. Uh, I got moved into a co-host role, co-host slash producer. Did that for about a year. And then the guy that did the show that I listened to that day, uh, got arrested and sent to jail for a lot of, lot of, lot of felonies. And they did not have anybody the day he got arrested, did not have anybody to, to, to do his show. And so I walked in the boss's office and I said, this is why you hired me. Let me do that show. And he went, and this is, I don't know, maybe an hour before the show starts. And he goes, all right, it's your show. Go do it. See what happens. If you suck, you're out. I said, okay. So I went up there and that was my first uh, primetime hosting gig. And I have been doing that ever since with a couple of small breaks here and there. Uh, but man, it was a, it was a combination of, I enjoyed listening to one guy named Buddy DiLiberto do it when I was a kid. And one guy that was doing a live remote at some little podunk seafood restaurant one day talking about Alabama football. And I was like, hell, I can do this better than that guy. Uh, <laughs> and here I am almost 16 years later in the great state of South Carolina doing that for the fan upstate. That's it, because uh, you're this, well, to be fair, you're, you and Chris became the second and third radio guys we've had involved because the first goes to a guy I've known for a good while by the name of Dolphin Dan Haloti. If I say you, 
check him out or because he does stuff for UNC Charlotte sports. He does the Kannapolis Cannonballers radio stuff. He is the youngest or youngest radio guy in the game of baseball at the moment. But uh, shout out to the Dolphin. You know, I'm I'm sure he probably won't realize I'm plugging him, but here we are. Uh, but yeah, it's it's and then me and you were talking the other day about you you're now with the hockey team in Greenville, the Swamp Rabbits. I hope I got that right. Yep, Greenville Swamp Rabbits. I in there. Uh, in arena host. So if you ever come up to a swamp rabbits game, uh, between intermissions, uh, between runs of play, uh, they'll put a big headed, but very handsome gentleman up on the jumbo trying to kind of get the arena hype and play some games with fans and whatnot. And that is, uh, that is my job. So I I've done that within the last couple of years. Um, I also MC all of the events for the, uh, Greenville triumph. So if you've ever been out to any of the watch parties or anything like that, I'm usually working for them as well. And, uh, you know, listen, man, like the radio thing is my job. It's something I very much love doing. I've been doing it for a, a decade and a half. You better love it. Uh, I love that. But my 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 passion has always been to be involved in the local sports scene. And that's with teams that is working with teams that is being involved on game day. It is obviously pitching in for uh, organizations like Skyda. It's, it's anything that I can do to be involved in the local sports scene and Hey man, if I can make a career off of that, uh, I'm 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 living the dream, and I'm not even saying that sarcastically this time. I mean, that's I think that's the thing where anybody these days, like if you if you do something that you enjoy, run with it. Because that's it. well, you know, and I, I've told people all the time, I know how fortunate I am. It's why I don't take it for granted, man. Like I, I'm in a I'm in a life. I've got three jerseys hanging behind me, all three with my name on them. Uh, all three given to me by different teams that I've worked for in the past. Like I've asked this question many times. How many guys do you know in your life that would love to do my job? And the answer is all of them, right? Like yeah. the majority of us, all of our dude friends would kill to do my job. So the competition for my job is quite literally the pool of most dudes out there so I better be real good and work hard at it. And that's, you know, it's, but again, it's not work to me, right? Like if I'm, I'm going to go to a hockey game anyway. Mm -hmm. So if I get to go to that hockey game and they give me a mic and they put me on a, a 26 foot jumbotron and they ask me to yell and scream at a hockey team that I was already going to do that. And I get to call that work, man, it's not a bad gig, not a bad gig. Especially when Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, hey, you get paid to do it too. If you get paid for something you enjoy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, listen, I, I do I do as much charity work as I can, right? Like I've I've done some stuff with you guys and and will yeah. continue to as long as you'll help as long as you'll have me. Uh first tee of the upstate is one of my favorite charities out there. Not to plug another charity on your podcast, but first no, tee does I mean, I mean not to before I let you finish up that night and not to cut you off. I mean, hey, we've had guys like Ricky Saff, former Clemson football player. And his foundation, the Ricky Sapp Foundation, check those guys out. Ricky's doing great stuff. I know he's a little occupied with Clemson football right now. You know, shout out to Ricky because he's doing a lot for his community in Bamberg, South Carolina. And I know he's doing a little bit in Myrtle Beach as well. Uh, so, yeah, check out check out Ricky's stuff, you know, because that's where – Not and to go back where, you know, I, I mentioned to you earlier where I've met so many, you know, people from left to right. We had Ricky – 
come play in 2018 and then 2020 right a month before COVID Ricky had a charity basketball game at his in his hometown at Bamberg and he's like hey man come out and if you want to come out come out you know be good to have you and if you want to meet some of the guys I'll introduce you to them because I'm reading the list and the first guy that catches my attention is legendary running back CJ Spiller hey how about it I'm sitting there I looked at my dad I said yeah we're going I said, we're going a little smoky in the bandit action, some eastbound and down. That's right. But uh, we get there, and I mean, all these other guys like DeAndre McDaniel, and for all you younger Clemson fans that are around my age, you go back to 2009 when he took Christian Ponder's head off. And I'm trying to think of some others. CJ was there, Byron Maxwell, Albert Huggins, who's with your Saints, who donated some Saints gear last year, which I should have told you that at the game. <laughs> uh, listen, you guys had a um, you guys had a bucket of New Orleans Saints gear. I own about half of it now. I'm just I'm just letting you know. Oh, so that's where it went. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I picked oh. up uh, I picked up a couple of things out of that. Uh, you guys had a football that was signed by Luke Keekley and and again, even as a Saints fan, like Luke Keekley when he was with Carolina was one of those players that even though he plays for a rival, you can't help but love and respect the guy. Oh, he was, he was, he was a real dude, man. I mean, like Luke Keekley was a 1970s linebacker playing in the modern football era. I loved that. I hated him as a Saints fan, but as a football fan, love Luke Keekley. You guys had a signed Luke Keekley football. I own that now. You guys had a license plate that was signed by like three or four different current Gamecocks players. My girlfriend owns that now. So, uh, let me just say that, uh, if if you make your little rivalry board next year, there's going to be a little third column over on the right hand side that's going to say University of West Florida Argonauts, my alum. Go. <laughs> uh, that's going to be trying to keep up with the big dogs. I mean, hey, because uh, it, was it the big Keekley football or the mini one? Uh, it was a big one. I got the big one. So funny story was there. I know I had a mini Keekley yep. football there. The funny story was this. That's I had that football auction off twice now. Back in 2019, 2020, I had Keekly sign the ball for me because you know I, I run the roads. Me and my dad, we have run ran the roads God knows where. Because you know, Keekly signed so much stuff for me over the years during his career, and God bless him for it. Because Keekly signed that many football, and I remember throwing it in my little auction pile, sold, and then September, this past September, I'm at the beach on vacation with my mother, and then I'm scrolling on this local auction house here in Lancaster, or well, up the road in Lancaster. It's the same football that pops back up. I sent a picture of it to my dad. I was like, looks familiar, don't it? Because I had a picture of it when I got it signed originally, and I, like, I literally, I matched it up. I'm like, this is the same football, like signed in the same spot, the same fingerprints right there when I accidentally dropped some dirt on it. I mean, we went full detective with this. But I'm there, I told Dad, I was like, if it goes for cheap, get it. And hit the auction house sold it for like 10 bucks. I was like, back to the pile we go. Well, and then, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, 
you're not getting that Luke Keekley football back. My oh, no, mind is mine's a, at the office. It ain't going home. nowhere. A good home. That's all that matters. But uh, you know, like I said, we've had some the auction stuff has gone tremendously well over the last few years, going back to 2020, I'd say specifically, because we had a lot of signed baseballs from Austin Riley to Wade Boggs, Riley Fingers, the baseball legends to you know, having Keekley sign some stuff to now, I know this past year we had Jadavion Clowney sign football, Stephon Gilmore. Surprisingly, they're still in my pile. But if I am, I am working on a, for those listening at home, I am working on where I can get a part of the Sky to Softball website where you can buy stuff and don't worry, your money goes back towards South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. But, uh, Stay tuned for that. I know that's been on my back burner for too long. Might be a little burnt. But uh, nonetheless, Rob, we're going to just go into a little commercial, little, and I shouldn't should say commercial. We're not that big yet. A little sponsor ad break here. We will continue the, the as we'll pick up the other half of this episode where we'll talk a little more sports, talk about your experience coming on with Sky Softball game here in 2022. So stay tuned for the next half of the episode of uh, with Mr. Rob Brown, the most interesting man in Greenville. Hey, this is Barry Klankenek with Clank's Mosquito and Ant Control. We're a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Uh, if you need a quote or have any questions, feel free to reach out via Facebook. And... And we're back with the second half of the episode of the Sky Softball Podcast with Mr. Rob Brown. Uh, Rob, as we were mentioning earlier, we we're going to talk about some more sports. And so just kind of chiming in here, what do you think of these free agent deals so far with Judge going back to New York, Trey Turner, Ogar's taking these 11-year, God, gargantuous million-dollar contracts. But then there's... <laughs> Then there's Lieutenant Dan, Dansby Swanson, still out there. I uh, uh, what's your thoughts on being out there? Uh, the 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 I wasn't super concerned as a Braves guy. Not super concerned with with Dansby uh, going into free agency. Uh, not because I, I didn't necessarily want him back, uh, but more because there were i mean if there was one position in the free agency class that was stocked and locked this year it was shortstop right i mean there were a bunch yeah. of names but as they're coming off the board one via the next we're getting closer to where dansby is the only top tier shortstop left and how important was dansby specifically uh for the for the interior of that defense this year uh for the Braves i mean it was he was he was world class defensively and had some big moments, maybe not as many in the playoffs as we would have liked, but certainly down that stretch when we were chasing down the New York Mets and then trying to overtake them right there at the very end where Dansby was was clutch. So uh, I did hear the other day that Dansby and the Braves are uh, having some conversations again. They are, they are back to talking and trying to negotiate, trying to work something. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Alex Anthopoulos, who I, I think frankly deserves – general manager of the decade uh, nominations uh, for what he did certainly last year in the run-up to the World Series with the trades in season to get us there, but during the offseason as well. Um, 
I wouldn't be shocked if Dansby still ended up being a Brave. I think Dansby wanted to test the market. Uh, I think Dansby probably thought that he was going to be the highest paid free agent shortstop out of the block. And I don't think he was ever going to be. And I think AA was probably willing to let that experiment play out and take the risk, you know, uh, and it worked out better for the Braves. If he doesn't, that he's still going to get a significant amount of money because the, the free agency contracts this year have been absolutely bananas. I mean, Aaron judge is already on the wrong side of 30 and picked up a, what an eight, nine year deal with the Yankees at a quarter billion dollars. So but look uh, at Alexander Bogart's taking 11 years in San Diego. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a ridiculous number. But Bogarts has been Bogarts has been. I honestly, I think Bogarts has been probably the most unappreciated player uh, in the Red Sox organization for a team. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the guy, but it's just if we're talking the contracts and the ages when they're still when these deals are you know finally coming to their peak. You're thinking, whoo, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's they're ridiculous numbers. But again, uh, you're at a point coming off the COVID year where audiences are rebounding, the market's kind of finding itself, and yeah. these big time free agent contracts are uh, part of a larger experiment by uh, individual major league franchises to see, you know, how much, how, how many, how many dollars can teams dole out to players before there's an impact on the number of people that are coming to games, buying merch, watching games on TV where the big money is, et cetera. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know where that number is yet, but I know there's a reason these guys are getting the stacks they're getting right now. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly been an interesting off season and there's a, you know, there's a few more big names out there. There's also some drama within teams, right? Like San Diego, just picks up a player that plays the same position that Fernando Tatis Jr. played, who I thought was the next face of Major League Baseball before he got busted with the steroids and could not play a game for the Padres this year. Um, you know, it, there's there's a there's there's a lot of drama still to be worked out in Major League Baseball right now, and the the, the hot stove season has been really entertaining both as a fan and a radio guy. Yeah, I mean, from a, from the fans' perspective, it's really been interesting to see, you know, the contracts really kind of just taking everybody by surprise because going off of a different subject, but when you talk about the COVID year in 2020, for especially just from my experience with Scott of softball, where, like, that year we had so many question marks by it where – the Camp Sweet Escape, where the as obviously everybody knows who've listened to the podcast, we, the softball event raises money for kids to go to Camp Sweet Escape for a lower cost so they can learn how to take better care of their diabetes, interact with others, and enjoy the summer activities that whatever they may be at the the uh, facilities that the camp is at. But uh, you know that year they canceled camp, and for me, you know. I, not and I'll probably sound like I got an ego when I say this, but whenever that news kind of came through from my mom, because I I give credit to my mom and Susan Newton and Dr. Chris out for everything that they put on for this camp. Those I, I honestly will say it, and I'll probably get some I may get some backlash for it. Those without those three, the camp would not be here. And, and sure, I'll sound biased because it's my mom, love her to death. 
and you know for her what she's done for those kids and whenever but the point being whenever the news came out that there would be no camp in 2020 we kept me mom and dad i remember we or well me mainly me and my dad we just kind of, kind of talked it over we're like everything's canceling a lot of sport events are hush hush you know and then i kind of just had to i kind of sat there and i thought i'm like i'm not canceling you know what i mean and we pulled through that year where we raised i think it was like three thousand dollars from all the auction stuff and sponsorships which god knows where every sponsor we i've had involved with this event i would not be where this event is at without them so you know shout out to all those and the good lord and especially the good lord above not be i know being a little religious here but yeah just that 2020 year was really interesting and especially going back to as a baseball fan March of 2020, I'm down in spring training visiting a couple of friends of mine with Braves organization. And all of a sudden, we're just kind of slowly picking up. We're closing down, closing down, suspended time. All of a sudden, me and a person I was with at the time, I was like, we want to get back to something quick. It was so what's uh, true to do? We go to a diet. We go to a diabetic conference that the organization put on, and, I, and I'll probably pick your brain about this here in a second. You know, the, the wrestling fan in you being the Paul Heyman in me, where I'm just being an advocate trying to promote and do this and that. But as you were saying, not to cut you off. No, you're good, man. I was, uh, all I was going to say there is, you know, I was, it was, it was kind of interesting in the world of sports as a whole. And, and I, I think a lot of us were kind of paying attention to the NBA going into the bubble, major league baseball, going into a traveling bubble, uh, the NFL playing games with no fans and how, you know, we were all kind of impacted by that. But uh, I, I think it's easy, especially for, you know, organizations like you guys and uh, folks that were, were, were trying to run things from a charitable perspective when, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get together. We couldn't gather. I mean, I can't imagine the uh, amount of difficulty that that you guys had to to kind of weather to get through that. So big ups to make that happen. And uh, you know, and, I, and I know I'll, it wasn't easy, but and I'll throw this part out here too because I know my dad's in the other part of the house here listening. In 2020, we were originally scheduled to play at Andrew Jackson High School, my alumni, high school alumni, and. You know, the, the plans were in talks for pretty much the whole year. And, you know, coming off 2019, we were there at, you know, here in Kershaw. But I'm trying to think. We were, we had, we did our date early in October that year, like the first Saturday that year. And we had gotten in touch with the school district, kind of just like, hey, we haven't heard nothing. Like, are we still good to go? You know? And thankfully, my aunt, who is a, principal in the Lancaster County School District. God love her. She helped us out with this year's event, especially. But we, you know, had sent feelers out to the superintendent. And next thing I know, I get told, yeah, they're not, the, the district's not allowing any outside groups or organizations come step foot on campus. And I sit there and it's a week out 
or the week of, I can't remember which one, but it was like the clock is ticking. And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, oh boy. We're, I'm like, like crap just hit the fan. It, it, it's getting real. And then all of a sudden I go through trying to call two or three other people. And everybody's just so slow getting back to me or saying, oh, well, we're booked this weekend for an event. And next thing I know, and shout out to Mickey Taylor, who was at the time, in 20, he was part of the Lancaster County recreational stuff where, you know, back when I was a kid, back in high school, making a quick buck, I'd umpire some baseball games. And and his daughter was playing in the event. She was like, let me talk to my dad. We'll get you set up and go from there. And shout out to Mickey because we, we would not have had that 2020 game without him and, you know, Emily, his daughter. And then, you know, hey, we had our first ever night game. And it was so freaking fun because I had planned that for a whole year in advance. So I'm like, we're not going to see it go by the wayside. And, you know, like I said, it was looking back on that 2020 year, it was quite eventful. And then going to 2021 where crowds are slowly back out there, which I'm sure you probably picked up on throughout the whole year from whether it's Clemson or Greenville Drive or things like that. But, uh, yes, especially from college 2021, we like I mentioned earlier in the episode where I underestimated the field. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was highly underestimated by me because I was too excited to play on the college field for the first time. But, you know, like I said, we've, we've had some fun times. And Sky Softball, looking back on nine years, in which I'm probably, we'll probably see something again for year 10. Now I won't make that announcement yet, like the quote unquote tease. But uh, yeah, and the next, next up is me and you got introduced to each other earlier this year, and we talked about, I think it was, I was and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, wrestling. Because we did talk about that a little bit, and I'm not the biggest the, wrestling the, guy. The like, foundation I'm, I'm, of every great relationship is is wrestling. It just is. That's just and don't get me wrong. Like I'll, I'll scroll, I'll scroll through social media and look at it and things like that. Just kind of because I always try to pick up what what every product is doing. Like how do they get people involved? And I don't know if that's for the fact that I have a business and degree and a organizational leadership degree and the things such as that like i told you when i came on to your show back in back during the week of or that friday the day before i try to put out a good product you know what i mean yeah and, listen, I, and I, I think that goes I back i don't care what uh what sport you're talking about what event you're talking about uh at the end of the day entertainment's at its core right like and and, and i don't care if you're talking yeah. business like even, even if you think about like uh business stock market stuff like that like flip it on to cnn financial or msnbc financial or whatever and all of those shows there's there's none of those shows anymore where it's just like here's the information right it's like we're, we have to entertain you uh with the information which there's there's parts of that uh as a sports radio guy that i love because I, I i get to be goofy and and i've been told it's entertaining in the past and that works out for me but then there's other guys like uh, i don't i don't want to name skip any Bayless names, but there are guys out there who just go on and they act like total fools because 
laughing at stupid people can be fun for a lot of people and they make entire careers at it. But, but when you can put together a product that's entertaining, like the game, the game was, was hilarious. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I laughed out loud at people acting a fool out on the field this year. When you can take an event like that and make it entertaining uh that's the goal like that's the goal that's the job that's what we're going for and and you guys do a hell of a job at that and you know like and i think it's that's i feel like it's part of that new standard that i mentioned earlier like because i really try to take the steps up however i can and i think and i, and I read this the other day because i was scrolling through some stuff that i had like saved for like notes or whatever and, I, and when we finish this so, so uh, like you have the and you get to but then take it to you know push it to the limit that's taking it to the extreme and you get to do whatever I'm, I'm probably botching it but you know what you know like i was saying we we interact with through i think it was Hold up, because your, your your internet's botching in and out just a little bit. Give it a second. We'll get all caught up here. Ah. Tell me when we're good. All right. I think we got it back now. Go ahead. Start back over. Because yeah, well, you were going great places. It was entertaining as hell, but then your internet gave out on us. I don't know, and then the bad part is my dad's internet here is the best internet in town. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll get you know, like I was saying, we 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 pretty much that's pretty much how we first kind of came to knowing each other was through wrestling and ta- I want to say talking about the Atlanta Braves, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, you know, and and uh, it, it's been it's been entertaining. Like I know we. Had a phone call not long after I, I I think I stumbled upon you on Twitter and I I've had you know I've got uh, like everybody I've got a number of people in my life that have that have battled diabetes especially from a young age uh, guy back home by the name of Griffin that I've grown up with for a uh, very long time and um, you know I watched kind of the impact it had on his life so when I heard what you guys did and what you were all about and that you kind of attacked it from a from a sports angle uh, and then I I, I don't want to I don't remember what I said. But I'm a full-grown adult male who works as many professional wrestling uh, references in a conversation uh, as possible. And I think you responded to me saying something like a like a Paul Heyman quote. And then I was like, ah, we're going to be friends for a long time. This is this is good for everybody. Uh, you know, listen, you guys, you guys have done what I, I've always said. Like, I, part of the reason I love professional wrestling is that it it has a certain take on life that everybody can understand, in my opinion, whether it's dealing with bullies and bad guys or dealing with work situations that are a pain in the butt like stone cold steve austin it doesn't matter what it is um there are parts of it that everybody can relate to uh and one of those things is that if you want to be successful you've got to put on a show and entertain people and that's why i've told people like i i did not know what to expect out of that game when i came out uh but i have told people like you know, even if it's back in, in, in Lancaster, it's a little bit of a drive. It's worth going to because it was funny as hell. But you got some good softball out of the deal. Half the guys and gals in there are are or have played professional. You got a bunch of idiots like me out there that are just trying not to. Embe- I mean, you got a little bit of everything. And I think it I think it makes for a hell of a show. 
I mean, it was like when I told uh, Chris Phillips when I had him involved and such like that. It was like the the, the part in Moneyball where Brad Pitt, who was playing Billy Bean, goes over to Jonah Hager. He says, look, we're going to shake things up. And that was honestly one of the things I tried to do this year. Like I, I was trying to get more outside I don't want to say characters, but like outside people that are not athletes. Sure. And, you know, it worked. Because, you know, like I said, hats off to you and Chris for having a good time and things like that. And I think one of the things I kind of caught on Twitter was uh, you were replying to somebody, but it was about how we all were friendly, whatever it oh, may yeah. be. But, but I, and I told you, I said, look, man, we take pride in that. Like, we try to welcome everybody. Oh, and 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 there, there went a point, like, from the minute I got there, because honestly, I hadn't even met you face to face yet. We had had, I think, two phone conversations and a and a radio interview and and a couple of Twitter DMs back and forth, and that was it. So when I got there, I was like, man, I don't I don't know anybody. It's a couple hours away from Greenville. I'm not really sure. Then I walked into that dugout. I had people introducing themselves to me, asking if I knew where everything was, what I need, you know, do, what gear do you have, what don't you have? Like, let's get you a bat to swing. Like, oh man, it was, it was fantastic. And I think that's the best part is, uh, I, I that there was not one conversation about politics. There was no, not one conversation uh, in the dugout that was controversial, right? Like, I think the the most controversial thing we had at one point uh, was that, and, and you got to remember, this was early in the season. But we had one conversation earlier about Spencer Rattler where one South Carolina fan uh, was trying to tell me the, the the guy was worthless. And I was like, hey, give him – I know it's in the season, but you got to give the minute a guy, the guy a minute to catch up. And we had a fight about Spencer Rattler, and I think that was the only contra- like controversial or hard-hitting conversation that took place. So when you get that many different people from that many different backgrounds who can come together for an afternoon – hit a couple of dingers and laugh that much. I mean, it's, it's entertainment for everybody. For sure. And, you know, it's, it was like, I was telling everybody, like we, we're, we're, it's cheesy because like we're, we are a big family. Like I tell everybody, if you're involved with me, we're one big family. And, you know, going back to, I wanted to circle back to that comment you had about wrestling, whether it was like stone cold, like that, I think the one thing that really hit it off between you and me was, and obviously I'll throw some. Oh well, no, excuse me. For wrestling fans, I'm going to shoot. There it is. And anybody that knows me personally, 2021 was a rough year. Where I think I mentioned to you, Rob, where a little bit of depression, a little bit of what, and this is where. I think the only reason I enjoy wrestling is the dude, Eddie Kingston, for all elite wrestling, where he had talked about his stuff with depression and suicide like that, where the first half of 2021, it was kind of rough for me where it was just a little bit depressing and, you know, not entirely the suicide stuff, but, uh, you know, it was where it finally... I'm kind of going off one of his promos here where I ended up interacting with this random kid by the name of Clara. And she ended up coming to the game in 2021 where we were at a drag racing event where the TV show street outlaws were in Darlington, South Carolina at the famous Darlington drag strip. And we got to talking and just things like that. And 
you know, I try to, I try to help kids with type one, whatever it may be, whether it's a kid that doesn't know about camp or the kids at camp and going off of the Mad Kings promo way back when he was in Chikara and shout out to Alice and Danger because I remember me and her talking about it for the fact that she knows Eddie. I said, you know, being a, when, when I met that little girl, I felt like that reminded me of my purpose again, you know, being able to reignite that spark and go from there and really hit the ground hard and running for 2021, where we had a heck of a year where we raised over $10,000 for the first time. And that was, that blew every single number we had out of the water for me, at least in years in years past. And so, yeah, like I said, wrestling, like going off what you're saying, wrestling has a interesting way with anybody. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And you know, it's, uh, I hear that. And, and, you know, it's, it's like you, you hate, you hate when people struggle and, and, you know, I've been there. My, my, my dad passed away when I was 25 years old. My dad was my, like my, my rock man. Like there are still days it's been, God, what, 13 years or whatever since he passed away. And there's still days, you you know, you kind of wake up and you go, I wish I could ask my dad for some advice. But those first, probably that first year or so was was real rough. Uh, it took me a while to kind of not get back to work. I went back to work almost immediately because I knew if I, look, I, I, I'll be real. I don't know if there's anything after this life, but I know that if there was, my old man would have haunted me for the rest of my life if I was sat around and, felt, you know, felt sorry mm-hmm. for myself. But uh, at the same time, uh there, there, there are just these moments that present themselves, I think, sometimes. And like I said earlier, when I was saying, you know, that there's, I, I, I have these moments almost weekly where I'm doing something cool. Last night we had the the teddy bear toss for the for the swamp rabbits, where you know we invite every fan to bring a stuffed animal, and when the team scores for the first time, everybody throws them out on the ice, and we collected quite literally a long U-Haul full of toys to distribute to underprivileged kids. Uh, in the upstate and I'm, I'm standing on the ice and I'm like just having a conversation with uh, Andrew Lord, the head coach of the Swamp Rabbits. I'm standing center ice surrounded by mountains of teddy bears, talking with the head coach of this team about the game and, and interviewing him. And I'm up on the big screen. And, you know, it's kind of one of those moments that you look at and you're like, damn, it's pretty cool. Right. Like and, and I yeah. understand that I have some level of responsibility to the people at that game uh, and to the team that that trust me to, and again, my job is dumb. I'm an entertainer, but I know that the team trusts me to entertain that crowd to keep them coming back for more. I understand that, you know, that crowd trusts me to keep them entertained when there's a, a lull in the game or a break in the action or whatever. Um, and sometimes you just got to look at it and be like, you know, if, if, if there are all these people that are going to trust me to come out here and partake in my art form, which for, you know, Eddie Kingston is professional wrestling. And for Rob Brown, it's yelling obnoxiously into a microphone. I'm, yeah. I, I want to bust my hump every day to make sure that these people are going to get what they are trusting me to give them. And whether that's a great radio show or coming to swing some bats at a charity baseball game or uh, going out there and, and, and hitting some golf balls for the, the first tee or, or whatever dumb thing I am being trusted with to entertain people with today. Uh, you know, sometimes life just kind of kicks you in the ass a little bit and goes, Hey, here's what we're here to do. Uh, and, and and you're making people's lives better by doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm sorry you went through what you went through, but as somebody who is, you know, for the last year or so kind of watched you guys work and now participate in a game and all that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that little girl had that impact on you because I know for every little girl that shows up and gives you that moment, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure there are dozens and dozens of kids that have been able to have that moment in their lives because of what you guys have done. Uh, and that's why I was so excited to be a part of it. And, you know, it's interesting because whenever, for example, like, cause it was me and the old and me and my dad, we were there. We just ended up talking about the organization. Like people are always like, I didn't know this existed. Sure. I'm like, well, <laughs> we're like, well, here we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, it's from last year when last year I actually had a different idea come about where, well, I, and I was around this time where I did a thing where I visited kids in the Lancaster County area where I would visit them with some leftover diabetic supplies we'd have from camp and, you know, some, some stuff if they have a low blood sugar number and a toy or two or whatever they like doing. And so for, I think this kind of just circles back to when I was younger being that young kid wanting to do, Oh, being this big time athlete. Oh, and have my own charity event and things such as that. Where ironically and I saw this, the old, I want to say it was the old Atlanta Braves Chomp Talk magazines. And if there's any older Braves fans out there that know what I'm talking about, I got those as a kid and I loved them. <laughs> but uh, I, it was like where the guys would visit kids at the hospital down in Atlanta. And, you know, I kind of had that similar idea where obviously I kind of weighed a little, about a hair too, too late to do it because of COVID and not understandably so. And so just being able to interact with families here in the area and just kind of go out say hey here's this camp if you want your kid to go to check us out we we have medical staff on site especially at the softball game if somebody gets hurt but uh you know just being able to circle back to being able to make an impact for a kid whether it's one kid or a camp of kids it's it's definitely a, a great feeling at the end of the day because you know Reggie Sanders, former major league outfielder, and has his own. I think he still does his own foundation for kids with autism. Because I met Reggie back in 2016. He you know he, he had his own celebrity softball game where freaking Cal Ripken Jr. was there. I'm like, yeah, we're going to promote, play recruiter. Just I'm just an advocate. As Paul Hammond would once say, but uh, <laughs> just being able to basically go back to what we were talking about with other foundations and stuff. Like I always try to go out and support other foundations and you know help the, those foundations grow numbers or being able to go and support like you know DJ Swearinger, former Gamecock, for all you Gamecock fans out there, being able to go sit in Columbia at a gym where one of my former players, DeAndre Heath, who is now in the TV world, shout out to DeAndre again, where he was like, hey, I'm going to be in town. Come be, be good to catch up. And, you know, I'm playing with so-and-so and so-and-so. 
Now I introduce you to him. I mean, freaking, like I said, Clowney was there. Gilmore was there. Debo Samuel. I'm like, yeah, let me. All right. I was like, I remember that that week. <clears throat> I remember that week. I was like, I was telling my boss, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need Friday night off. Don't ask questions. <laughs> but, you know, being able to go out and support other foundations and still be able to promote what we're doing, it's fun. <clears throat> and, you know, I think I kind of got off subject here. So who who is – and I asked John Schuyler this because I know me and you've had our fair share of fun with John and Allison on Twitter as, as they fight forever. And shout out to John for signing the contract with Impact Wrestling. Oh, I'm so – dude, I'm so stoked for him. I'm so stoked for him. I can't wait to see him get some TV time and uh, and to brag about the fact that uh, I openly talk smacked with him on the – he doesn't know who the hell I am, by the way, uh, and I know that. But I want him to know I am super jacked for him and cannot wait to see him get some time. Uh, and, you know, it was funny because, like, going back to the smack talk, I remember when Chris stepped up to the plate for the first time at the game. I was like, hey, Chris, go Tigers. Just gave him the thumbs up. He just looked at me. I was like, good luck. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was all very entertaining. I'll just leave it like oh, that. Yeah. And it still is because I know John and Allison still go back and forth. But uh, the question I asked John, I remember asking him this, was, you know, what got you into watching wrestling? Who were your, I guess, I guess as the wrestling podcast goes, you know, your Mount Rushmore of sure. wrestlers. Sure. I, uh, I think like every other, uh, I was going to say Southern guy, but I, I think like every wrestling fan, uh, all of us watched it either with, uh, hang on, either with grandpa or dad, right? Like, I think all of us did. My dad, when I was growing up, uh, my dad was a, a, a big Ric Flair guy. And so was I. Uh, you know, I got, like again, like I think most of us, uh, when you're a kid, you kind of, a lot of the stuff that you enjoy, that you lean on, you pick up from pops or grandpops or whoever, uh, Saints fan because of my dad, LSU fan, whatever. Anyway, my uh, my dad was a big Ric Flair guy, and I remember, I, I when I was growing up, I didn't really get it right. Like it was one of those things that I'd look at pops and be like, "You're the smartest guy I know. Why do you like the bad guy? Right? Like, why do you like the bad guy? Like you're not you're not supposed to like Ric Flair. You're supposed to like Hulk Hogan. You're supposed to like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You're supposed to like whoever the, the good guy." And the American dream. That's right. That's it. Uh, you know, like, why would you pull for Ric Flair over Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, you know? And I remember when probably mid-90s or so, I was 10, 11, and uh, my, my dad didn't really love wrestling, but it was kind of one of those things that he's like, I'm going to watch it with my boys, right? So I remember when, being like 10 or 11, and I, I, I asked my dad one day, I'm like, you know, you grew up and you were always a big Ric Flair guy. Why? And my dad said, you never disliked Ric Flair because he was a bad guy. Most people disliked Ric Flair. And obviously now looking back, like, yeah, Ric Flair was a bad guy, obviously. But it was like people dislike Ric Flair because Ric Flair figured out how to win and be successful, right? And, and everybody's definition of success 
uh, is different. For some people, it's having kids in a loving relationship. And for some people, it's uh, I want a house. And for some people, it's I just want to be filthy rich. Well, I will tell you that one of Rob Brown's heel character traits is that I want to be very rich and famous and successful. Now, I'd like to use that fame and success for the greater good, right? Like there will never be a point. I'll go ahead and say this on this show right now. If I get picked up tomorrow as ESPN or, or NBC or CBS's next lead NFL commentator and flown around the country, I will still come back and play in this softball game for as long as I'm able to do it, right? Because I, yeah. I, I want to use whatever I can gain for the greater good, but I do absolutely. Uh, I want to be on your TVs multiple times a week, every week, calling all the games, all right? So yeah, my old man said, nobody hated Ric Flair uh, because he was a bad guy. They hated Ric Flair because Ric Flair accomplished his level of success. He accomplished what he wanted, which is to be uh, a jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling, 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 son of a gun. Exactly right. Like he accomplished what his definition of success is. And my, my, my old man said that no matter where you go or what your goal is, just remember there are always going to be people uh, that root against your success, right? There are always going to be yeah. people that root against your success. And I recognized very early in this game in, in broadcasting uh, that that is a hundred percent true. Uh, they were, they were full grown men when I was a 25 year old kid trying to learn my way in this industry, they were full grown ass men who tried to, stag me in the back and 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 prevent me from growth and so you know i just always kind of recognize the lesson of rick flair now i try to be a better guy it kayfabe than than rick flair as far as cheating to win but at the end of the day there's always going to be people who try to who try to stop you and and like i said my old man kind of told me hey people hated rick flair not because uh he cheated they hated rick flair because he achieve success and you could say whatever you wanted to Ric Flair but Ric Flair being able to 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 show the dollars and the women hanging off of his arm uh that was Ric Flair having the success that he considered successful and not letting Hulk Hogan or any of the other good guys stop him from doing it uh and that that always kind of attracted me but then you've also got guys like uh Hacksaw Jim Duggan right like I love Jim Duggan growing up and Jim Duggan was uh in character uh a big goofy idiot a big lovable goofy idiot but the one thing you could say about hacksaw jim duggan was when the right thing needed to be done hacksaw jim duggan might take a couple of fists to the face but he showed up and he got the right thing done whether it was for america or his friends or whatever else and i think yeah. that they're that like that's uh commendable macho man randy savage like i i still to this day have a grudge against Hulk Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan. Kayfabe in character. Out of character too. But I hate Hulk Hogan as a wrestling fan because of what he did with the Mega Powers and, and coming between Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth like a true love story of king and queen and here comes Hogan and you got lust in your eyes, brother. Um, he was right. Macho Man was right. But they made Macho Man the bad guy, right? Like I love that there are all these stories and lessons about doing the right thing and be a better person and overcoming adversity told through wrestling, which is why I've always called it a, a soap opera for bros. Right. Um, but oh, yeah. I learned a hell of a lot as a kid through wrestling. And that's, that's why it's, uh, that's why it still sticks with me. It really does. 
before I pick your brain about who's your top five or Mount Rushmore, however you want to call it, uh, my gosh, we're about to get a lot of wrestling fans on this podcast. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I will do as many wrestling podcasts as you want to do. No problem. I don't, funny thing is, we usually go to softball, and I usually pick the guys guys or girls' brains about their experience with stuff and, you know, Check, go back and check out the listen listen to the episode we did with John. You know, he was he was you know, we talked about him and his connections with the Good Brothers and WWE Gallows and Anderson, which I, I off air I'll I will disclose something with you too as far as that relationship goes because Skylar John surprised me one day. But uh long story short, get who's your Mount, or I don't know if you want to consider a top Top five or Mount Rushmore, but who's 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 the top for you? Uh, the question here is going to be, what do you mean by that, right? Like, are you looking for top four most important wrestlers? Are you looking for top four best wrestlers? Are you looking for the 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 ones that like as a kid I love the most? And are you looking for like all time, or are you looking for? past guys active guys like it this is the beautiful part about being a radio show i could give you 20 different mount rushmores depending on what you're looking for so i'll go at it like this as a kid top mount rushmore sure and then then mount rushmore all time current former whatever you want to consider consider wisely all right so so as a kid uh, or, or, or growing up as a wrestling fan, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage will always be number one. All right, it just he just will be. Uh, he had a look, he had a voice, he had a uh, very unique uh, character set about him. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage was always one of my favorites, and and you know if you think about it, outside of the NWO. My, even Macho Man's heel runs weren't really heel runs, right? Like, he was never wrong. He maybe have gone about it the wrong way, but I love that guy. Um, Ultimate Warrior, man. Like, uh, there was all this pent-up uh, energy and aggression, and I thought Ultimate Warrior in the way that he – and by the way, all of these are in kayfabe, not out of kayfabe, just as wrestlers, not people, not actors, but characters. Um uh, Loved Ultimate Warrior, man. I thought he had such a dope entrance, sprinting to the ring and just jumping in and throwing smoke. I loved Ultimate Warrior. And just just to hold that thought, where Ultimate Warrior, my good friend, Jordan Banks, if you ever listen to this again, J.D., this is especially for you. Uh, Jordan was a close friend of mine, played for the White Sox organization and Phillies organization. But when he was with the White Sox, his last year in Charlotte in 2014, he mentioned, for those listening to our podcast, go back to the episode with Jordan for reference. But uh, he mentioned how Dale Torborg, the demon, was one of the instructors for the White Sox. And somebody had mentioned to Dale, the demon, where his, Jordan and his brother John, who was also a pitcher for the White Sox, mentioned that their favorite, or I think it was Jordan specifically, mentioned his favorite was the Ultimate Warrior. And for pretty much that entire season in Charlotte of 2014, that was his walk-up music. And Jordan will probably think I'm such a nerd for remembering this, but I I remember his career like it was yesterday for the fact that we were that close of 
good friends. But that being said, the Ultimate Warrior, as you were, Rob. Yep, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I think Ric Flair's got to be on that list. Like it, it again, hated him as a kid, but had to watch every time he was on TV with the pops. And then once my dad kind of dropped that on me, I was like, damn, he's there. Um, and, and I'll add the last one to my list with a, with a slight story about why, uh, the undertaker goes on that list for me. And here's why there was a storyline in probably like 92, 93, something like that. I was seven or eight years old, maybe six, seven, eight years old. And there was a story, uh, about the undertaker going missing, right? He had, he had disappeared for a while now. As an adult, I know that's because Mark Calloway took vacation, right? But as a kid, and this is this is this is pre-internet dirt sheet days, right? Like this was when whatever was on TV was on TV, and that was it. Uh, in kayfabe, Undertaker went missing, and I I remember for weeks at a time, uh, I was terrified that the Undertaker was just out there on the prowl. Uh, <laughs> to the point that there were nights where, like, I would leave a light on uh, in the room, not because I was afraid of the dark, but because I was afraid of the Undertaker. And as an oh, adult now, as an adult now, I look back and have such an appreciation for that because if you are an actor who plays a role so well that six, seven, eight-year-old kids are leaving nights on, light nights on because they're afraid of your character showing up at their house in the middle of the night, you've done a damn fine job as an actor. And the influence the undertaker had on me, uh, as a, as a kid will, will absolutely cement it. So I'm going macho man, ultimate warrior, Ric Flair and undertaker, uh, are the, the ones that had the biggest impact on me as a kid. Uh, as far as most important, uh, I think that, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has got to be on that list, right? Like the 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 run of Stone Cold was probably that was about the time Rob Brown took a little break from wrestling, and I was like, all right, I got a chicken on the Stone Cold guy. I think he's got to be up there. Um, I think Ric Flair has got to be on that list. Uh, I I think that you know he's probably the only one that translates back and forth. Um, I would say. I think The Rock's got to be on there, right? Like The Rock was probably the guy that uh, kind of made wrestling cool again. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of argument for John Cena. I like John Cena. I got no issue with John Cena. But, you know, Cena sold wrestling for the kids. The Rock made it to where teenage Rob Brown could come back to wrestling. And there was somebody that was kind of cool to follow. Uh, and I'm going to throw one up that I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a lot of flack for I think Triple H has got to be on that list, right? Because I think no matter what era Triple H you look at, uh, whether it's Paul uh, Paul Levesque, uh, the the Blue Blood character, where uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley first showed up, uh, he brought back kind of the age of gimmick wrestling uh, in a way that made it really entertaining. Uh, I think that if you go to the metamorphosis into the game, it was important. Uh, I don't know that there has ever been a more important faction to wrestling than Degeneration X, right? Like, I don't know how many people besides me, but I am not the only kid that got suspended for a day from school for telling somebody to suck it. Uh, Degeneration X was probably the most important faction in the revitalization and return of wrestling to top tier stuff. And Triple H was, uh, was a massive part of that. 
So I would I would throw Triple H on that list, especially with what he's doing now with the departure of Vince McMahon and Triple H. I mean, WWE was in trouble from AEW for a while there, but when H took back over, they have gone right back to the top of the mountain. So I, I'd say Triple H deserves a spot up there too. So one last wrestling thing I'll ask you before we kind of pretty much take this thing home. You mentioned the W, the WWE. What's your yeah, and you mentioned how they were them and AEW were neck and neck in your perspective. What's your take on the whole all elite wrestling situation now coming off of no array potentially fired CM Punk? Yep. Whether the the Jacks the, the Young Bucks and Omega are back. So what's I, your, uh, overall, overall, what's your take on the product? Hey, I'll tell you what, what, what made AEW so intriguing in its beginning, I think has kind of become a, a, a hindrance now. And it is the fact that when AEW started with Omega and the Young Bucks, AEW was fun and intriguing because it was really the first new wrestling i mean there's always been ring of honor and impact and tna and all these different uh shows that are all engaging look i'm a wrestling fan i'll watch all of them aw was really the first mainstream threat right like the first company that that got a network and was broadcast nationally and not just that but it it had names to compete right when cody rhodes was there and these former wwe guys were showing up and what made aw so damn interesting was the fact that it was a wrestling show that catered to wrestling fans outside of kids. Like WWE at the core will always be catered toward young fans. Uh, whereas AEW was like, hey, we're going to give the grownups something to watch here too. And we're going to say some bad words and we're going to have some blood and violence and whatever. And as a, as a fan, I was in because it was so new and so raw that I was willing to give it credit for growing pains. And I think it's kind of hit a point now where you look at it and you go, okay, they have hit a point where they're going to need some real strong leadership and they just don't have it because you got all the wrestlers in positions of leadership, like the young bucks and Omega, but they're not managers. They've never done it before. And, and growing pains are real. Uh, You got Tony Khan who, and I got no issue with him, but Tony Khan, respectfully, hard worker, but let's be real, is the son of a billionaire. That dude has been handed everything. Uh, so when he started this company, I got a lot of respect for the way he started AEW. He jumped in, and the only the only way he's ever known, or at least that I've been able to tell in my research of him, the only way he's ever known how to run a company is just to throw money at the problem until the problem's fixed, right? And you kind of hit a point where, with the CM Punk issue, it can't be solved by throwing a bunch of money at it because you've now got real problems that require managers and leaders and people with people skills. Uh, and, and AW hasn't really had that. So they're in a period of growing pain. I think at this point, uh, I think they've certainly got the resources to get out of it, but the question mark is going to be, uh, can you do that before it impacts the product that you're putting on the screen uh, I certainly think with Omega and the Bucks going away for a while, that hurt quite a bit. Uh, they got real racked with injuries there for a little while. And the the problem they had was that 
they've got all this undercard talent that I think has got like Dante Martin, I think could be one of the most entertaining high flying wrestlers in a long time. But all they did was keep feeding him to guys. So when they went, okay, we need you to go out there and carry a main event. Like he didn't know how to do it. Right. And, but bringing in Brian Danielson and bringing in uh, John Moxley and, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad Regal's getting to be happy to go back to, to WWE, but that's a big loss for AEW. When they had those guys in there, they went, okay, this is how the backstage portion of it needs to be handled to not impact the front stage portion of it. Uh, that was a that was a big help. And I think there's all the potential in the world, but they're just going to have to figure out, all right, how do we, how do we do this in a way that the product doesn't suffer and we don't have a bunch of renegades backstage that I don't know. Honestly, I haven't made up my mind uh, as to whether CM Punk is to blame or not. Right. Like initially I thought he was, but you've got FTR out there going punk was a great guy to be around. And this is just all a misconception. I don't know what happened. All I know is if they can get the right guys back there to fix the backstage production side of it, they can compete with WWE, but I'll say this and then I'll shut the hell up. These people that are like, I'm a WWE guy, I hope they win. I'm an AEW guy, I hope they win. I don't want either one of them to win to the effect that the other goes away. I want two great wrestling companies. I want WWE that yeah. has old school wrestling feel to it. And I want AEW that when I, Rob Brown, a guy that likes to drink beer and say bad words and watch people bleed a little bit, want some adult style wrestling. I want to have both of those companies be good. I want wrestlers to have the choice of what company they want to wrestle for based on their style. Like I think that wrestling is better the more of it that there is. Uh, and I hope that company can 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 figure out, get it together, and keep pushing forward. Like I said, I think we're about to get some wrestling fans' perspectives on the Sky Softball podcast for once. But uh, with that being said, Rob, uh, just kind of as we're kind of segueing this into the final stretch of the episode. Obviously, this past October, you made your celebrity softball debut. You played in the second ever night game in event history. You know, from playing under lights and playing for the first time ever. I know you talked about talked bits and pieces earlier, but that the experience for you, what was that like? That's phenomenal, man. Like I said, it was uh, anytime you can do something like that and have a little fun and, and give people some some laughs, some entertainment, some joy, and also do something for a good cause. I mean, by default, I'm gonna have a good time, but to get out there and, and run around a little bit and watch a bunch of old guys pretend like we're still in the glory days, watch a, a bunch of a bunch of youngsters come out there and put us old guys in our place, man. It was it was it was entertaining. Uh, it was fun, and I will tell you that I will not make the same. If you'll have me back next year, I will not make the same mistake. This year, I thought, you know, I'll go out, I'll jog for a couple of weeks in advance to get myself in shape, as I. Uh, as I turned the corner at first to leg out a double on the first AB, and I realized that 180 feet is a hell of a lot longer than it was back when I was like 22, um, I will be in better shape next year. I think that was the big lesson learned is a couple of jogging, uh, a couple of stints jogging up and down uh, the street here in Greenville is not the same as a dead 180 foot sprint with a left hand turn in the middle. 
But uh, no, I, I think it was a, a great event. The people were incredibly kind. And if anybody is listening to this that has not done it before, uh, I would heavily advise you to come out next year because you, even if you're not playing, you'll get a couple. You'll, you'll get a couple of laughs at some of us old folks still trying to pretend like we still got it. I, and the funny part is, you mentioned about the bases being so far. Listen, man, I'm only 24. Running that sprint to first base when I hit that grounder up the middle, I was like, I ran to first. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know that uh, you know that scene in all the horror movies where, uh, like the main character walks in the room and there's a monster, and so they run and they go into the hallway and they start running, and then as they run, the hallway just kind of stretches out, <laughs> like the hallway That's never true. ends. That was yeah. first base for me. Like I got going. And I'm staring down first. And as I'm running, I'm like, is the base going away from me? Like, am I doing anything here? Uh, and 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 in the, the you know, the, the first hit was the double. And as I planted it one to get to two, and I turned the corner, I was like, second base is 300 yards away. This is not a regulation field. It just can't be. But uh, we got through it. We didn't go over. We looked good. We raised some money. That's everything I could ask for, man. And, and like I said, that all of a sudden, I think that, and going back to that last at bat where, where I was hitting and you were on base, all of a sudden, a wild throw back in the infield. And this, and I, I promise you this, the same moment happened back to back years where I would look at second base, play is still alive. And it's like, I kid you not, Rob, I'm looking like this. I'm going for it. And I get to second base, I'm like, water. And, sh- and shout out to Tony Pope for coming out to do the the PA stuff for us because he's a local local guy. He does the sports here in Kershaw, especially at Andrew Jackson football. And he had a good, I think he had a good time too because especially when I came around and scored, I kind of just fell apart. And I'm just laying there in the grass. I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody give me an oxygen tank. And he's like, Gana. and then Tony, I hear Tony. Can somebody check on Matthew? I need some water or an oxygen tank. I'm like, like I just give a thumbs up. Thank you. Yep. But uh, you know, like I said, and uh, to finish up this episode, right? And I always end the podcast with this before uh, we do the cheap plug, as I like to call it. But uh, the the last question I have for you is this. As you pretty much said, you're going to be involved with us moving forward in whatever shape or form. And as I mentioned, this event is a family. This organization is a family. We always try to support one another, whatever it may be. And my question to you is this. What is it like to you pretty much going forward, being a part of this family where raising money for the kids with diabetes and especially like you meant going back to what you said, knowing somebody who's, you know, knowing people with diabetes and things like that, just being able to be a part of what we're trying to do. I tell everybody we, we play a huge, you know, everybody has their role and plays their part. But my question, you know, what's that like to you? Man, it's great. It's like I said earlier, uh, if, if my job's awesome, my life's awesome. I know that sounds like an egotistical thing to say, but it is objectively is right. Like I get paid to travel around and watch football games and then talk about them. Uh, I get to go to different sporting events and be involved. 
I, I, I haven't been to a live sporting event in a hot minute that I, I wasn't invited to stand on the sidelines. Uh, to, to, to be able to do my job is awesome. But, uh, you know, the old man taught me with that comes a responsibility to give back, a responsibility to, to uh, help other people, especially people who maybe weren't dealt uh, the same hand that I was in life. And so to be able to involve with, with, with you guys, uh, and, and, and not just know that we're raising money, but to be able to see and, and talk to the kids that are being helped to, uh, hear the stories like the one you told earlier of, uh, kids that have had their lives impacted positively. And it was because my fat out of shape, dumb behind came out and ran around on a baseball field and talked about it and made fun of myself on the radio, man. It's just a, it's a good feeling. It's, it's, it's the type of thing that I have always said I want to do with my career. And I appreciated the opportunity to be able to do that and, uh, kind of use, uh, the platform that, that I have, I have worked hard to get, uh, to be able to use that platform that I've worked hard to get to be able to turn around and, and turn it into something uh, that is a force for some a force of good for some kids in the upstate, man. It's just it's exactly what I've always wanted to be able to do. And uh, and I've appreciated it. Uh, and I hope that that next year that platform will uh, be able to do even more good than it did last year. So, um, man, I, like I said, it's it's it's, it's hard to talk about because, like I said, it's I came out and acted like a fool for a couple of hours. I talked about you guys on the radio and it's like, is that really all you can do, Rob? But uh, when I heard that number announced at the end of the softball game, I was like, hell yeah, I was a part of that. And and I feel good about that. And I hope I can do even more next year. Yeah. And, you know, it's going back to what I was telling you about meeting Reggie Sanders, former baseball player. And he told me this quote and, and it's stuck with me ever since. Duh. Use your passion and your purpose to inspire others to use theirs. And that's something that stuck with me the moment I heard it. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure you heard me say it. But it's it's something I tried to apply. Like, I want people to take that and make it, make something of it. And yeah, it's, that's exactly right. Sorry, go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you off there. You were, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I think that's... Uh, I think that's a, a message for everybody. And I mean, listen, there's going to be a bunch of us who hold microphones and talk about football for a living. There are some people that are called to work at a bank or, or, or take out the trash. I mean, whatever your, whatever your life is, you have the opportunity to use it for the better good. And, uh, you know, I kind of think we have hit, uh, listen, I'm, I, I don't back off of the statement that I absolutely believe we, we live in an incredible country that provides opportunity uh, to everybody. But some people's opportunities are impacted by things that they cannot control, uh, regardless of the, the, the situation we're talking about. And, you know, kids that are, are handed type 1 diabetes out of the gate, and that's just something that impacts their lives and, and they have to work with it around. Man, if you can show up and volunteer for an hour and a half and you've got some sort of talent that you were you were gifted that you can turn around and use for the better good, uh, it just feels good to be able to walk out of that and 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 know that some kid somewhere is going to be better off for an hour, a day, a month, a year, the rest of their lives because of, of what you did, man. And I think that goes double for you. 
for taking what you have done with your passion and turning it into uh, what I've now experienced once and was an incredible event. Um, you know, get involved, help out, pitch in, volunteer. Uh, if you're a, a former athlete looking, jump in and play. If you're somebody who has been a, a, an office manager before, get out to, to Matthew and the gang and, and offer your talents because things like this are not easy to run. I've been involved with them in the past. I'm much more comfortable as the fat guy who runs the bases than the guy who actually has to go crunch numbers to figure out how to put a sign together and get sponsorship signed on to. If you've got that talent, pitch in uh, because the more hands there are, the, the better off these kids are going to be. And I think at the end of the day, that's really all we're going for. Exactly. And, you know, it's golly, nine years of running roads, interacting with sponsors and being able to come on to shows like yours, for an example. It's It's been a blessing in disguise nonetheless because, you know, looking back to the day after, you know, finding out I was diagnosed two days after I turned seven, that always – as I'm, I'm saying this as a joke here in kayfabe, that always wins the girls' hearts over. But uh, you know, like I said, it's it's been great. You know, being able to meet these athletes and names, like saying, "Hey, I think you could be a huge part of this." I know we ain't got the money to the pay you, but if you can help us, that'd be great. You know, that's that's always the thing I enjoy at the end of the day, just kind of being able to look back and realize what we're doing and with that being said rob this is what we call or i haven't called it this in the wild the cheap plug uh plug away the show you know where can they find you on social media you know especially yeah, man, the, the, upset the, too. the only thing that i am better at uh than than hitting doubles is shamelessly promoting myself i've made a career out of it folks uh so I, I host the Rob Brown Show. Uh, we were the 2021 South Carolina uh, Broadcasters Association Sports Talk Radio Show of the Year. Watch this. I'm going to do something funny here. Uh, bang. Crystal Trophy right there. <laughs> Best sports talk show in the in the state in 2021. Uh, that show airs from 9 to noon every single weekday. If you are in the upstate uh, in Greenville, it's 97.7 FM. In Spartanburg, it's 97.1 FM. Uh, if you are not in the upstate, you can listen to it by going to thefanupstate.com or download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, and you can also search for the Rob Brown Show podcast uh, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Search for the Rob Brown Show every day. We plug up three hours worth of content plus along with highlights. Uh, if you're on the social media, give me a follow at the Rob Brown Show on Twitter and Instagram at the Rob Brown Show on Facebook as well. Uh, there is not a sport athlete situation or player that I will not talk about. And if you deserve it, roast you for, bring it, is all I'm saying. Oh, man. I'm going with the, the rock at the end there. Just bring it. But uh, And for those who may have forgotten about this guy, the softball look, ah, see, look at this guy. That's, <laughs> that's and, my championship, buddy. Listen. If you're carrying a championship belt, you carry it the damn hell around everywhere. Oh, for sure. You got for it sure. everywhere. This is coming from the guy who was scoreboard watching his fantasy league at the time because I, I I won the last two years, and I'm going for the hunt for number four to be the one, 
the one team in the league that has the most championships, which I know Logan Sowell, my good buddy, which you need – I will need to get you his contact info because he is one hell, heck of a golf golfer. He makes me look like I'm, I'm an average Joe, which technically I am, but, you know, Logan – Kyle Charleston guy. I think you might have seen him at the game. I could be wrong. But one uh, thing I did, uh, I will tell you this: uh, I suck at golf, so I, do I avoid uh, conversations with people who are good at it because if I talk to them, they invite me to play golf, uh, and then I have to embarrass myself. So you know, it is what it is. I mean, hey, you got, you got to remember though. I might, I might just call you up come springtime to come do a little stuff for if I do by chance bring back the match for Sky to round two. I'll tell you what. It. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I will be your greenside reporter. I will just follow around with a microphone and comment on it because there is no chance in hell. I am picking up a golf club around those. No, I mean, hey, as long as you got the live, you can do the cameras and you got Done. somebody for the camera and the. Sweet. Done. Well, well, for my boys out there, Logan, Mason, and Matt Plyler, it sounds like we might have round two on our hands. But uh, lastly, but not least, the as you were saying, you're the master at plugging. Hold my diet, dude, my guy. Uh, Sky to Softball G on Twitter and Facebook. Sky to Softball Game on. Uh, the good old inter- on the Facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram, like I said, Sky to Softball G, Sky to Softball.com. If you want to check out the website, you know, learn the history of Sky to Softball. Uh, Camp Sweetscape.com, the event is all about and raising money for. Uh, there is a donation tab there where they want to donate a dollar, five dollars, or however much cash you want to throw towards helping a kid with type 1 diabetes. I say go for it because, you know, I think I might introduce a Patreon thing in 2023. You know, we're big in 2023 at this rate. But uh, with that being said, like I said, the websites, skies.com, camsweetscape.com, G. that is Twitter and Instagram, skysoftball on Facebook, and last but not least, wherever you you get your podcast, such as Apple, whatever other apps there may be, Sky Softball Podcast, leave a like, subscribe, whatever it may be. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode with Rob Brown, the most interesting man in Greenville, as me and him joke about. And with that being said, well, it cut off there at the end, but I'll just say it for him. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you very much. And we will see you on the next pod. I ended it for you because you cut out. Bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. We at the 521 Finland Station are a proud sponsor of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association and their celebrity softball game. Come down to see us at the 521 Finland Station here in Kershaw, South Carolina, home of the 16-ounce ribeye.